Section 33 of O. Henry Encore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. New Year's Eve and how it came to Houston. Sketched at random as the old year passed. We that would properly welcome the new year should view it with the eye of an optimist and sing its praises with the coded tongue of a penitent. We should dismiss from our hearts the cold precept that history repeats itself and strive to believe that the deficiencies of the day will be supplied by the morrow, since fancy whispers to us that at the stroke of midnight the old order will change, yielding to the new, let us put aside, if possible, all knowledge to the contrary, and revel in the fairy tale told by the merry bells. Man's arbitrary part of the time into hours, days, and years causes no perceptible jolt beneath the noiseless pneumatic tire of the cycle of years. No mortal tack can puncture that wheel. Old Father Time is a scorcher, and he rides without lamp or warning bell. The years that are as milestones to us are as gravel spurned beneath him. But to us, a few days and an occasional night off, they serve as warnings to note the hour upon the face of the mighty clock upon which the hands move silently and are never turned back. The new year is feminine. There is no question but that the world has become badly mixed as to the gender of time. And again, the new year is no cherubic debutante with eyes full of prophetic joys, but a grim and ancient spinster who flutters coyly into our presence with a giddy giggle rejuvenated for the occasion. We have made obeisance to those same charms, time out of mind. We have whispered soft nothings into those same ears many moons ago. We have lightly brushed those painted and powdered cheeks in time gone by when they glowed with the damask bloom of youth. But let us hug once more the dear delusion. Let us say that she is fair and fresh as the rising morn, and make unto ourselves a season of mirth and heedless joy. The fiddles strike up and the hote boys sigh. Your hand, sweet coy New Year, take care of that rheumatic knee. Come, let us foot it as the gladsome bells proclaim your debut. Number 1896. The last day of the year is generally spent in laying in as big a stock as possible of things suitable for use the next day for swearing off purposes. It is so much easier to resolve to do without anything when we have just had too much of it. How easy it is on New Year's Day, just after dinner, when we are full of good resolutions and turkey, to kneel down and solemnly affirm that we will never touch food again. The man who on the morning of the glad New Year stands trembling with fear on the center table while snakes and lizards merrily play hide-and-seek on the floor, finds no difficulty in forswearing the sparkling bowl, the dark-brown, copper-riveted taste which accompanies what is known to the medical profession as the New Year tongue is a great incentive to reform. The beautiful siren-like Christmas 
present cigar that is so fair to gaze upon when lit turns like a viper and stings us into abjuring my lady nicotine for ever when we attempt to sit upon the early scarlet runner hand-embroidered rocking-chair cushion presented to us by our maiden aunt and slide out upon the floor upon our spinal vertebrae we feel inclined to kneel in our own blood with a dagger between our teeth and swear by heaven never to sit down again when we go upon the streets wearing the neckties presented to us by our wife and the loiterer upon the corner saith ha ha and the newsboy inquireth what is it is it any wonder that we curse the necktie habit as an enemy of man and on new year's morning swear to abjure it for ever when we say farewell and with clenched teeth wend our way into the shirt made for us by the fair hands of our partner in sorrow and find the collar tighter than the last one worn by the late lamented harry haywood and the tail thereof more biased than a populist editorial and the bosom in billowy waves that heave upon our manly chest like a polonaise on a coloured cook on emancipation day and the sleeves dragging the floor as we walk about saying it's so nice my dear just what i wanted what wonder that we register an oath with the lord of abraham and jacob as the glad new year bells peal out never more to wear again a garment made by that portion of the earth's inhabitants that sits on the floor to put on its shoes and regards the male torso as a waste-basket for remnant double-a sheeting and misfit butterick patterns there are so many things we take a delight in forswearing on new year's day while strolling aimlessly about the streets of houston on the last evening of eighteen ninety five little sights and sounds obtrude themselves and reveal the spirit of the time as little pulse-beats indicate the general tone of the human system it is nearly six o'clock and there is a lively crowd moving upon the sidewalks here comes a lovely little shop-girl as neat and trim as a fashion-plate her big hat plumes wave and her little boot heels beat a merry tic-tac upon the pavement debonair and full of life and fun she moves cheery and happy on her way to supper her bright eyes flash sidelong glances at the jeweller's windows as she passes some day she hopes to see upon her white finger one of those sparkling diamonds her lips curve in a meaning smile she is thinking of the handsome finely dressed man who comes so often to her counter in the big store ostensibly to buy her wares how grand he is and what eloquent eyes and a lovely moustache he has she does not know his name but well she knows he cares a little for the goods she sells how soft his voice as he asks the price of this and that and with what romantic feeling he says that we will surely have rain if the clouds gather sufficiently she wonders where he is now she trips around a corner and meets him face to face she gives a little scream and then her face hardens and a cold glitter comes into her eye on his arm is a huge market-basket from which protrudes the cold despairing legs of a turkey from which the soul has fled 
two yards of celery trail behind him. Turnip greens, cauliflower, and the alleged yellow yam nestle against his arm. On his brow is confusion. In his face are hung the scarlet banners of a guilty conscience. In his romantic eyes she reads the tell-tale story of a Benedict. By the hand he leads a cold-nosed but indisputable little boy. She elevates her charming head to a supercilious angle, snaps out to herself the one word, married, and is gone. He jerks the limp, sad corpse of the turkey to the other side, snatches the cold-nosed little boy about five feet through the air, and vows that never again will he go to market during the joyous year of 1896. It is New Year's Eve. A citizen is restlessly pacing the floor of his sitting-room. There's evidently some crisis near, for his brow is contracted, and his hands are nervously clasped and unclasped behind his back. He is waiting expectantly for something. Suddenly the door opens, and his family physician enters, smiling and congratulatory. The citizen turns upon him a look full of inquiry. "'All is well,' says the physician. Three fine boys, and everybody getting along first-rate.' Thray, says the citizen in a tone of horror. Thray, he kneels on the floor and in fervent accents exclaims, Tomorrow will be the new year, and I hereby solemnly swear that, breaking in upon his resolutions, comes the merry chime of the new year bells. The people come and the people go. In the stores, looking over remnants of Christmas goods, are to be found that class of people who received presents on Christmas Day without giving any, and are now striving to make late and lame amends by returning the compliment on New Year's Day. The New Year's present is a delusion and contains about as much warmth and soul as a eulogy on the South by the New York Sun. Two ladies are at a bargain counter, maintaining an animated conversation in low but dangerous tones. She sent me, says one of them, a little old nickel-plated card receiver on Christmas Day, and I know she bought it at a racket store. Goodness knows, I would never have thought of sending her anything, but now I've got to return it, of course. The old deceitful thing and I don't know what to get for her. Let's see. Oh, yes. I have it now. You know they say she used to be a chambermaid in a St. Louis hotel before she was married. I'll just send her this little silver pin with a broom on it. Wonder if she's bright enough to understand. I hope so, I'm sure, says the other lady. That reminds me that George gave me a nice new opera cloak for a Christmas present and I just forgot all about him. What are those horn collar buttons worth? Fifteen cents a dozen, says the salesman. Let me see, said the lady meditatively. Yes, I will. George has been so good to me. Give me three of those buttons, please. Viva el rey, el rey esta muerto. 
The Spanish phrase looks better than the hackneyed French, and it is correct, having been carefully revised by one of the most reliable tamale dealers on Travis Street. The old year is passing. Let us stand in with the new. In happy Houston homes, light feet are dancing away the hours neath holly and mistletoe, but outside stalk those who inherit want and care and misery, to whom the coming season brings nothing of hope or joy. Two young men are wending their way up Preston Street. One is holding the other by the arm and guiding his steps. The sidewalk seems to run in laps and curves, twisting itself into hills and hollows and labyrinth mazes. One of the young men thinks he's dying. The other one is not sure about it, but he hopes he's not mistaken. They are both good friends of the old year, and they hate to see it leave so badly that they have sewed up their sorrow in a sack and try to drown it. Go away, old friend, says the dying one. Go away and leave me to die here on this boundless prairie. Sounds of life's running out like everything. That last dish chicken salad's done its work. Never see father and mother any more. Bob, says the other one, you're a fernal idiot. Never say die. This town, Houston, can't be more than ten miles away. We're right on Harvey Washington's racetrack now, going round and round. What's the matter with living for country and so forth? Can't do it, old boy. Stremity's getting coldish now. Light's fading out of eyes and world's fading from view. Can't say your prayer, old boy, for vital spark expires. Can't you lay me down to sleep, Jim? Don't be a fool, Bob. Come on. Let's find City Houston and get a drink. Jim, I dead man. Been wicked and told lies and played poker. There ain't no hope for handsome, unscrupulous, society men like me. Been giddy, butterflying broke, seventy-five loving creatures' hearts. Just listen, Jim. I hear angels singing and playing harps. And I can see beautiful lights in heavens with all kind of colors flashing from golden gates. Jim, don't you hear angels thongs singing songs and see lights shining in oh Jerusalem? Bob, you degraded lunatic. Don't you know what that is? That's Salvation Army singing and Ed Kayyem's electric sign, you see. Now I know where we're at. There's five saloons on the next block. Jim, you saved my life. Let's make one more effort before I die. And tell a barkeep put plenty ice in it. Midnight draws on apace, and while some welcome with revelry the advent of the new year, others stray in the land of dreams and allow it to approach unheralded. Ladies over thirty years of age take on a grim look about the jaw and bend with a deadly glitter in their eyes over the article in the Sunday paper that treats of how to avoid wrinkles and sadly shake their heads when they read that Madame Bonjour, the famous French beauty, kept young and lovely until after one hundred and ten years of age by using 
Bunker's Bunko Bomb. The new year brings to them sad prospects of another gray hair or a crow's foot around the eye. To the little folks the season is but a prolongation of Christmas, and they welcome the turning over of the new leaf without a misgiving. Would that we all might trace a record upon it as fair as that their chubby hands will scroll. Happy New Year to all. Houston, Daily Post, Wednesday morning, January 1, 1896. End of section 33.